Kieran tells Jonas that he's been doing th- some things that I should probably figure out what those things are. Hang on. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? (sighs) That's my opinions on today. Today is stupid. Let's set it on fire. Right? Also, I can't turn this microphone down, or my headphones down on this different computer that I'm using, and I have no idea why, because I've turned the volume down, but the headphones are still full volume. Oh, no. So, I'll live. Just don't shout. <laughs> I will try not to. Should I whisper? Yeah, I'm sure everyone would love to hear that. Me, most the of entire all. Episode. We can both just whisper throughout the entire episode. I will it not be helping me. with that. doesn't editing. bother me. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. How was your Easter time? Did anybody get enterovirus? <laughs> Nobody has yet gotten enterovirus. Excellent. To my knowledge. And I hope it stays that way. I would think by now we'd probably know. But I didn't let that person cook anything. So <laughs> <laughs> it was just a crazy busy weekend followed by a very crazy busy week it's it's tuesday <laughs> i was gonna say it's been such a busy week it's fucking tuesday it is. and i hate everything because <laughs> it's just been such an annoying monday and then today has been just shitty so Boom. but yeah how was your uh your your day alone i laid on my couch and watched parks Excellent. and recreation oh fabulous it was I have not actually seen it before, so this is my first time watching it. Yeah. Oh. A friend of ours recommended to us that we skip season one and skip right to season two when we were having trouble getting into the show. And we did that. And we're like, you know what? That was a good idea. So if you're struggling to get into it, I recommend skipping to season two and then moving forward from there. And then when we ended up rewatching the whole thing later, we started at season one and we could appreciate it better. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. yeah, I had years ago watched like the first episode and then never followed up on it. But this time I started and now I'm in season three because I literally spent my whole weekend, literally spent my whole weekend. Literally. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> watching Parks and Recreation instead of doing anything productive. That is excellent. Yeah. And I was just able to adjust my volume. It was stupid. I had to go into the settings to menu to adjust my volume. That's so weird. I'm going to adjust my input while I'm here and hope it doesn't fuck anything up too much. Can you still hear me okay? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, I can. Fabulous. Yeah, I don't normally use this computer. So my computer screen on my laptop has stopped working. So I came up to the office and used the podcasting monitor hooked up to my computer <laughs> so that I could still work on my computer because that is where I was doing the editing because that is just where I usually do the editing since I'm sometimes at work or various other places when I'm editing the podcast. But then when I try to plug the monitor back into the regular podcasting machine that I record on, then that monitor would no longer work. I was oh like, my what God. the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> uh. So after turning everything off and on again, because that's like my only troubleshooting step that I know. <laughs> Hello, IT. I just ended up plugging the monitor back into my laptop. So I'm recording on my laptop using an external monitor and with, you know, 
microphone and all kinds of crap hooked up to my thankfully still functioning laptop. It's just <laughs> the screen that's not working, you know, so that's not that important. No, not at all. <laughs> I had that going on for a while with one of my past laptops. The screen just stopped and I was like, well, I've got this monitor. Oop. Yay. Yeah. But kind of defeats the purpose of easy portability because I'm often <laughs> switching from the same task on my couch or in my office at work or in a coffee shop or on the rare occasion I'm on the bus. So I really kind of need my laptop to function without right. an external monitor <laughs> since I am often working from various places. I have a work laptop, but it is terrible and I hate it and I don't want to <laughs> use it. And I don't use it for podcast stuff, so... Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's my fun story. It's good times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I have no segue because I, I don't even remember what this episode is about because I've just had way too many things in my brain. I have no segue either. I do know what the episode was, <laughs> but... Oh, right. That's not helping. Know who else has fun stories? <laughs> I don't know. I like that your username is amazing, by the way. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. It's a good, it's a great username. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else has fun stories? There's fun stories? Well, they're not fun, but they sure yeah. are made up, although your story this, wasn't made yeah. up. Oh, oh, I see. I see where you're going. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The, uh, what's his face? Whose actual name Al. I know, but yes, Al or Dean Stockwell. <laughs> Or John from Battlestar Galactica. So many things. Yeah. 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 Or Dr. What's-His-Face from this. Kieran? <laughs> Was that it? I Something like that. Sounds... Yeah, notes. Dr. Kieran. Yeah. Okay, I found it. <laughs> Yay. Dr. Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. What's this episode? This was Stargate SG-1 Season 6, Episode 7, Shadow Play. Aw. Why don't you go ahead and start so I can try to gather my brain? <laughs> okay. Or open another beer. Or maybe, you know, both at the same time. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The Stargate is activating. Did you notice the jaunty music? No. <laughs> oh, it seemed very prominent to me, oh. and I thought it didn't really seem to quite fit the situation. <laughs> Interesting. No, I didn't notice mm. at all. Oh, speaking of jaunty music, my rehearsal where I had to play first chair went fine yesterday. Good. Oh, I meant to ask you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry yeah. about that. That was another thing that's been causing me much angst over the weekend. And yesterday was all of the practicing I was trying to do for that. And the fact that I wasn't fitting in as much practicing as I wanted. But it went fine. Oh, good. So relieved to have that over. But now I have other things that I've replaced it. <laughs> I meant to text you, but I ended up uh, having dinner with Wally and got distracted by that. Fair. So sorry, but I'm glad it went okay. all right. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. More all right than <laughs> someone that yeah. loses their left hand and is now all right. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. If I lost my left hand, then I couldn't play. And so I guess that would be rehearsal wouldn't have gone. All right. Wouldn't have gotten anywhere being all right. No. <laughs> playing the violin. <laughs> anyway. The Stargate's activating. Walter informs Hammond that they're getting a transmission, but it is garbled. Sam, though, manages to get it clear. And it's the Colonian people calling Stargate Command. And they're all like, ooh, wow. <laughs> they have their 
gathering in the briefing room to talk about the message they've just received. Jonas Quinn is there too, which is good because that's his planet that called. Now, what's the name of the actual planet? Kelowna? I guess they just say Or it's... no, that's not the planet. Well, that's the country. That's... Yeah, no, a P2, yeah. P2S4C3. I'm sure that that's what Jonas has always called it yeah, when yeah. he was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> ET phone. P2S4C3. Yeah, I don't know. Do I don't know if we ever get the name of their planet. I don't think we do. Just wondering if I might have missed it somewhere. Not that I know of, and if they did say it, I also missed it. Fair. They got in touch because they would like to reestablish trade relations with Earth. Jack tells Sam he hopes they diplomatically told him where to shove it. But that's not what happened because they've got a bunch of Nequadria. Jonas says we shouldn't judge the entire population by the actions of a few scientists, which is reasonable. Yes. But they're going to not take Jack's suggestion this time because they really, really want that Nequadria. That's about it. That (laughs) is about it. And then credits. Credits. Did the credits look different to you this time? I wasn't sure if I was just paying more attention to them than usual or if they had actually changed them again. I think they looked the same to me, but I wasn't paying that close attention. Fair. We have found the fish. They're in Jonas's lab, yes. so he didn't get fish and put them in Daniel's apartment. He put them in Daniel's lab instead. Yeah, and not just fish. There was nope, a, not just fish. There, there was were a lizard of some kind. Yeah, I was going to say there was a terrarium, so yeah. I didn't see the actual animal because I was typing. But, yeah. Uh, and it was the terrarium there, so I'm like, oh, there's got to be a lizard or an amphibian or something in there. I was pausing it and trying to see the things. There was a random nice. pineapple there, too. I don't know what that was about. Oh, like, I missed that. Like a whole pineapple. Ooh, that means it's swingers. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. Well, good for Jonas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tilk comes in to Jonas's swinger lab with the fish tank and <laughs> terrarium and various other things to let him know that the Kelonan delegation is there. Jonas doesn't seem too thrilled about that because he knows that everyone on his planet thinks that he's a traitor and Tilk's like yeah it'll be fine everyone thought I was a traitor too but now everything is great (laughs) (laughs) yes seemed to kind of simplify his battle a little bit yes almost like he wasn't yeah really he didn't technically give himself enough credit for how hard he has worked to clear his name and build back a reputation for himself of sorts but I appreciated that he was being supportive of Jonas and telling him, you know, we've we've had similar paths and it's worked out okay for me and it'll work out okay for you. So that was nice of Tilk. It was. I like their that was, Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. That was pretty much the gist of that scene. Yeah. A bit later, they are down in the Stargate room. The three delegates come through. And now that we know where Al has been, I was wondering <laughs> if this is why in the Quantum Leap reboot, they keep talking about how Sam is still missing. They say that Al died of a heart attack, but apparently he's been on Kilona. <laughs> this is my headcanon because it's less sad than Al being dead. Although, spoiler alert, actually, never mind. It gets no, more sad later. Really sad. <laughs> so never mind. This headcanon's really not better. <laughs> Hammond welcomes them to Earth. Welcome to Earth. They introduce themselves. Jonas is there. There's definitely some awkwardness between Jonas and Al or Kieran, whatever you prefer to call him. (laughs) 
which Jack notices. So after Hammond leads the delegates on to the next room, Jack asks if he knows that guy. And Jones is like, yeah, well, you know, he was my teacher and he recruited me to the Nequadria project and we've been working side by side for six years. So, you know, everything's totally fine. Not at all weird and awkward. No. They lead the delegation to the conference room and they take a seat and they get to it. Hammond's like, we were surprised to hear from you. And Draylock is the lady, yeah? Yeah, the lady. Yeah. The lady delegate. I don't know why I'm calling her that. The delegate. She's like, yeah, it's cool. We can move past it. Jack has some things to say about that. He's like, you used a member of my team of sabotage. (laughs) I appreciate that despite all of the tensions between Daniel and Jack, that he is really still standing up for Daniel here. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if any of that is influenced by what happened in the last episode, but I feel like, you know, he really kind of stood up for Daniel even before that happened when Daniel was about to die. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think his standing up for Daniel actually was influenced by last episode. The commander guy, I can't remember what his rank is. (laughs) Hale. Hale, that's his name. Oh, uh, his his rank. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. The military guy who's with them is like, well, you guys got stolen goods and Jonas Quinn out of the deal. Commander Hale. Sorry, I went back up and checked. He's a commander. (laughs) Draylock is still pushing past this unpleasantness to talk about how the three major governments' territories on this planet that Kelowna is on. There's no place like E2S4C3. Have all had a history full of war and rivalry. The problem now, though, is they've had a sort of fragile peace for a while now, but unfortunately, it looks like the other two powers are about to team up to take out the Colonians. That was the take that the Colonians had. Yes. They may have been overreacting and making assumptions there. They would. Because all it really was is an agreement, like a, a peace pact that the two were signing. Yeah. Yeah. A non-aggression pact, to be more specific. And I was like, well, maybe also offer it a sign instead of just assuming <laughs> that they're going to attack you immediately yeah. after that happens. They tell the team and Hammond that they've got a crap load of Nequadria, more <laughs> than they could possibly use. And they're offering that in exchange for some technology that could help them hold their own in a war against the other two powers on this planet. Mm, what could go wrong? Because, yeah, sure nothing. <laughs> they seem pretty sure that they are going down if this alliance happens. Yes. They want to make a first strike, basically. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, can't imagine why... The SGC and Earth would be a little reluctant to help them make a first strike against another country that they don't know for sure is in the wrong. Yes. As Sam then goes on to explain, they've been in this scenario before. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. True. Where they were going to go right into an alliance before they found out the uh, people were doing terrible things and didn't deserve their help. Yeah. Draylock doesn't think the situation is comparable, 
they just want to protect their people. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure the Urandans thought they were protecting themselves too. Right. By, by eradicating <laughs> the other people yes. on their planet. <laughs> by eradicating all of the other people that were not the Urandans. Yeah. Hammond's like, we're still reluctant. And she's like, well, you guys regularly interfere in, in the affairs of the ghouls. <laughs> and they're like, Yes, that is different. In fact, they enslave <laughs> millions of people. They're yeah. terrible. Not to mention they've tried to attack Earth several times. Yeah. They didn't even mention that part, and I thought that was weird to leave out. Yeah. They then tell SG-1 <laughs> and Hammond that if they're not going to help, they have no choice but to fall back on their last resort, which is that they have finally successfully tested an Aquadria bomb. And... It's very destructive, and we will have no choice but to just start bombing our enemies. Oh, good. Yeah. Jonas Quinn does not look happy about this. No. So first of all, that's really shitty blackmail. But then second of all, if they're trying to get weapons from Earth, how is that necessarily going to lead to any less death and destruction than setting off their Nequadria bomb was, depending on what weapons they managed to get from Earth. I yeah. thought it was a weird argument. Give us a bunch of weapons to kill people with. Otherwise, we'll use our own weapon to kill people with. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess the assumption is that their Nequadria bomb would be m more dangerous or that their strike would be more preemptive Worse. rather than defensive. I don't know. Yeah. It just seemed like a weird argument. Agreed. Yeah. Everyone's hanging out in Jonas's lab again later, talking about what just happened. Tilk asks Jonas if he thinks that the Kalonans are truly facing annihilation, if they're really in as much danger as they claim to be. Jonas isn't sure. He thinks that it's possible. They're having some issues with their air superiority and the fact that they have none, <laughs> I guess, in Kelona is one of the major problems. Jonas goes on to say that... With their current weapons technology, based on a report he did relatively recently, he thinks it's possible that the entire military of Kelowna will collapse within about six months, unless they have some extra special Earth weapons to help them out. Sam, trying to be rational, suggests maybe negotiation or a way out of fighting. Jonas says there's too many things to work their way through, and that's not going to happen. But the other people made it work, so I didn't understand why he was so quick to dismiss yeah. that as an option. Especially when he goes on to say that the two other countries, the, the Tyranians and the Andaris, hated each other even more than the Kelonans. So if they could get past it, then why is there no hope for Kelona to get past their differences from the other yeah. two countries? I don't know. It seemed stupid. Anyway... Jack reminds Jonas that he is a member of SG-1 now, so despite Jonas's desire to help Kelona, his priorities have changed, and he needs to do what SGC and Earth decide is the right course of action. And at about this time in my house, when I kept pausing to look at Jonas <laughs> Quinn's many fish tanks, my brother had been walking to and fro. And he, having never watched the show and knowing nothing really about what's going on, has decided that Jonas Quinn is a freak that's probably experimenting on animals to test skincare products. Wow. <laughs> uh, testing human skincare products on fish seems very inefficient. <laughs> but I guess not 
fair. Not impossible. <laughs> also, testing them on reptiles, very inefficient because their skin is very different. Indeed. <laughs> the amphibians, I mean, still very different, but I guess if it doesn't kill an amphibian, it won't kill a person because their skin is way more sensitive than ours. I mean, he did say that Jonas Quinn is a freak. So <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Weird take by your brother, the Jaffa. Yes. <laughs> I like it, though. That amuses me. <laughs> I was also amused. Yeah. Hammond has summoned Jack to his office. He tells Jack the Joint Chiefs want a recommendation from Hammond about what they should do about this Kelowna situation. Jack is still firmly against it. Jack says that we don't know that they are just going to defend themselves. How do we know they're just going to stop at that point? Hammond says, you sound like Dr. Jackson. And then Jack said, <laughs> we spent some time together. Overall, and also recently. He doesn't say <laughs> <Yes>. that. but <laughs> He doesn't, but we know what he means. Yeah. Hammond also thinks maybe it's just that Jack doesn't like the Colonians. Jack does not disagree with this. That that could be coloring his opinion. Yeah. Before their conversation can continue, we get some alarms and Walter letting us know there's an unscheduled off-world activation. Indeed. And it's the Kilonans. So Hammond says to open the iris. And that's the scene. Would you like to go on? Oh, I guess. <laughs> you don't have to. It's Dr. Kieran. He apologizes for Ambassador Draylock and Commander Hale and says that they were called into an emergency meeting. In the meantime, he wants to talk to Jonas. So they head off to go talk to Jonas. In Jonas's lab, we get a really close up picture of the fish yes. at the beginning of this scene, which I loved because fish are great. Yeah, agreed. He also has a lava lamp. Oh, I missed the lava lamp. How did <laughs> I miss so many of, things? At least that shape. I don't know. I just like to be nosy and look around. There's also yeah. in this well, scene I do like, too. a random bucket of water on his desk. Yes. Our, that, like, I was going to say, the one thing I noticed was the random bucket of water. And I'm like, what is that doing there? Because that's maybe, not enough for a water change on a tank that size. Maybe maybe Colonians use giant buckets to drink water. Like They don't use actual <laughs> glasses. They drink from buckets. <laughs> yes, I love this. <laughs> that must be it, and that yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> he never got the hang of a tiny, tiny glass, so nope. he just sticks with the bucket. Yep. <laughs> Once Kieran and Jonas are alone with all the animals and the bucket of water, Kieran starts asking Jonas about what he's been up to. And Jonas tells him he's seen some really cool stuff on all kinds of planets and... He's very excited about what he has to say, but Kieran isn't all that excited because none of the things that Jonas has to say from Kieran's perspective are at all useful to anybody on Kelowna. Jonas says, if we can get the Earth people to master their shield technology, they can share that with us. So that's something at least. But Kieran just, of course, continues on about how... They really need some weapons sharing, and if SGC won't even share weapons, then why would they share a shield? And that is obviously a very different thing. <laughs> that was a stupid argument, in my opinion. And that's when I noticed the bucket of water on the desk, yeah. <laughs> apparently, in my notes. 
Jonas says that the concern that the SGC has in sharing is that the delegation is only representing one nation on the planet and they don't necessarily want to get involved in a big war. Jonas says that what the people on their planet that he still doesn't actually name need to do is get over their differences and unite, like we were saying before. Kieran's like, cool, then come with me and we'll make it happen. <laughs> Jonas is like, um, what? Kieran elaborates that he is part of a resistance, a super secret resistance, super top secret resistance. It's an underground network that has infiltrated every level of the government Ooh. and the civil service and the military, and they're going to take over the entire government. They're going to have a coup. It's going to be great. And definitely they're going to be successful and win. Oh, yeah. Jonas is rather concerned <laughs> to be hearing what he's hearing because he thinks that Kieran is going to get himself killed. And that is a legitimate concern. Indeed. But Kieran says, no, this is our best chance for survival. So everything's going to be fine. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Once we have control of the government, then we will make a peace pact with the other two countries and it will all be fabulous. Oh, yeah. Jonas, continuing to be skeptical, wants to know why Kieran thinks that he can succeed. Kieran said that he was at the first test of the Nequadria bomb and he saw how horrible the destruction was and he's been having nightmares ever since. So they really have no choice but to succeed from his perspective. Legit. Yeah, supposedly the people that watched the atomic bomb testing the scientists in particular had a few regrets yeah. after that hmm. and were also traumatized for similar reasons yeah yeah the team gathers with hammond again in the briefing room like they do all the time in this episode yeah there's a lot of gathering in briefing yeah. rooms yeah. or jonas's office yes jonas has filled them in on this resistance movement. Hammond asks when this movement is going to make their coup. That's how you say that. Yeah, that's definitely a phrase. <laughs> Jonas isn't sure, but clearly they will need to act fast to prevent war. Jonas says that Kieran elaborated that all three countries the people would support a peace settlement. If they take over Kelowna, the other governments will realize they're going a little nuts and start negotiating again, or maybe they're going to be cooed out too. That's how you say that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to coo. Yeah. Definitely a verb. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's like, this would be great because then we'd have a viable trading partner. Jack's like, we need more information. Hammond lets them know that SG-1 is authorized to return to the planet to offer non-military technology in exchange for Nequadria. He realizes they may not go for it, but they have to explore all options. While there, he wants them to contact the Resistance and figure out if it's a legit thing that will actually succeed. And I was thinking at this point, the NID would have given them whatever they wanted in exchange for Nequadria. Right? They sure would have. Yep. <laughs> Kieran and the whole delegation were just talking to the wrong people yep. is all. 
Exactly. Yeah. Sometime later, we're in the Stargate room again. Did you see how the SFs and Jonas like run into the room? Oh no, I didn't even notice. <laughs> That's random and it weird. It was so weird. I'm like, this wasn't an emergency situation. Why are you running? No. And those guys, they were strange. really running, and Jonas was kind of jogging. That's <laughs> really funny. That reminds me, I missed my run today because oh, no. everything is the worst and just. Eh. <laughs> I hear ya. Yeah. That's just another thing that went wrong today is I didn't have time for my run like these people were able to do. Anyway, that is definitely not important here. (laughs) Kieran asks Jonas if he's ready to go home. Jonas is very skeptical. He's a little nervous to go home. But Kieran assures him that not everybody thinks that he's a traitor because Jonas opened a lot of eyes and a lot of people think that Jonas did the right thing and want some changes in the government. And Jonas consoles himself with the fact that it's just temporary and he's going to be coming back to Earth as soon as the negotiations are done. (laughs) Otherwise, he'll be arrested for treason if he tries to hang around. So that would suck. Indeed. Yep. But Kieran says that's all going to change when the resistance takes power. And it's time to go. Woo. And they head to Kelowna to another conference room. This one is much larger than the one in the SGC. Giant table. Just really big. Quite. Same design aesthetic. The table was not the exact same design, but very similar style and colors. And black walls, just like the SGC. Yeah. The team is there meeting with, again, Ambassador Draylock. This man named Vallis, who I think we met in the last episode as well. Oh, I don't remember. Jeff thought that he might be the guy in IT crowd that Jen dates that looks like a magician. (laughs) But I'm not a magician. I know. That's why it's not good that you look like one. It was not the same guy. I actually even (laughs) checked just to make sure. But he was right. It did kind of look like that guy. I was thinking he looked like an evil Braytac, but... (laughs) (laughs) He did also... Yeah, I could see that. I could see an evil Braytac. I was going to say mirror universe Braytech, but Braytech's already got facial hair, so it's not like this guy was missing facial hair. Although he had head hair that was black, and Braytech generally has that metal cap thing on, so I guess maybe that's close enough. We don't know if Braytech's got hair under there. Yeah, I don't know that we've ever seen him without that on. So, I Mm. yeah, I think we can go with mirror universe Braytech here. All right. Yeah. They get to it. Sam lets them know that they have been authorized to continue negotiating. Before that, though, she wants to know more about this huge amount of Nequadria they have. Valis is like, our archaeologists found a bunch of mines underneath our dig site. And we found more. And we extracted a lot. It's great. What are the archaeologists doing looking for Nequadria? I don't That's know. That's not an archaeologist's job. People really confuse archaeologists, paleontologists, and geologists. I don't know. Maybe we should ask Kenny. Yes, we should ask Kenny <laughs> to come back and explain now. We asked him before about, you know, how they're not paleontologists with <laughs> dinosaur footprints. But now, tell us, Kenny, are you a geologist? Do you look up <laughs> rare Radioactive ores. Yeah. Do you try to dig them up? Are you a miner? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Valis has done some calculating to convert 
the quantity to Earth units. So he tells them they found about 300 pounds of Nequadria. Is that based on Kelowna gravity or Earth gravity? Because I can't imagine that they are exactly the same. I don't And also know. I thought it was dumb that they would be using weight instead of mass as their measure, which would have been way more accurate to use mass. Indeed. Yeah. Sam is a little alarmed because she's like, that's a lot of dangerous stuff. <laughs> is it? Maybe there's even less gravity on this planet than you realize. <laughs> Maybe that's not that much <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> Sam is offering to take a look at their storage facilities to make sure it's all safe. Valis is like, it's cool. We've got it all <laughs> set. Yep. Yeah. Everything's fine. What could go wrong? Tilk asks what they want in exchange for giving Earth Nequadria. Commander Hale is like, we need to address an imbalance in air power because our enemies have more bombers and long-range fighters. And we need to get our own intercept program off the ground. Valis adds that they think that with Sam's help and a team of engineers from Earth, they can <laughs> make that combat ready in less than a month. Jack's Great. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sam then offers antibiotics that could save up to 15,000 lives in the first year alone. That seems like an underestimate to me. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on what their population size is. But yeah. antibiotics is a pretty big deal. It's pretty great. We take it for granted now, but they're pretty amazing. Yeah. Valis is like, that's cool, but no, we need military stuff. That seems really dumb to me to give up the offer of antibiotics. Yeah. Because, like I said, they're really a huge deal. It's one of the most important inventions or discoveries sure. really, that humans have ever made. Right? It also seems like yeah. a thing that it's not a military thing, but I feel like if they have that, they could use that as leverage in a negotiation with these other countries. Like, we have this amazing right? miracle drug and we'll give it exactly. to you if you don't annihilate us. Yeah. Imagine never dying of an infection because you got a cut on your yeah. hand or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, if if we didn't have things like so many infectious bacterial illnesses that have nothing to do with sepsis from a cut or whatever. Anyway, they're stupid. So yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. In Kieran's lab later, Jonas comes to see him and Kieran asks how the negotiations going and Jonas says they really didn't get anywhere because they couldn't agree on anything except that it was time to adjourn for the day. And... Oh, Tilk is also there, as is Carter. I guess all of SG3, SG3, I was going to say SG3 quarters, but no, this is all of SG1 all of is there also. Yeah. <laughs> Karen's pretty sure that they're not going to be able to come to any kind of agreement short of trading actual weapons for the Nequadria. Jack is basically like, yeah, well, whatever. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to go see this fun resistance that you've been telling Jonas all about. And Kieran's like, well, I, I can't do that because I don't get in touch with them. They get in touch with me. And that's not at all sketchy. And then he's not supposed to go to their base. He knows where it is, but it's super heavily guarded. And he's not supposed to go there unless he's got a specific job that he's doing for them. So also not sketchy. Jack is pretty insistent that we need to go there and see them and talk to them if we're going to have anything to do with this. 
So Kieran promises that he will do his best. He'll try to talk to them. Kieran, what did you think you would need to do when you told Jonas Quinn this? Like, what, right. What did you yeah. think was going to happen? <laughs> Obviously, yeah, exactly. they wanted me. <laughs> yeah. How was he thinking that they were going to coordinate everything if he could never introduce <laughs> SG-1 to the Resistance? How are they supposed to coordinate any sort of attack or yeah. front or anything? Kieran goes to see the Resistance. They weren't expecting him, but he's like, "Yeah, it's important. I need to talk to you. For a super secret, heavily guarded covert base, everyone seemed surprisingly undisturbed when he just kind of wandered in. Yeah. (laughs) And no one pays any attention to him whatsoever. So a little suspicious there, Kieran. This guy he's talking to, who I don't think has a name. No. Is like, this was a bad idea. We hear that people in the government are starting to become suspicious of you. So you should not be here. They're watching you. Yeah, you'd think he'd be more alarmed Yeah, at the thought of Al giving away their entire operation here. <laughs> I know, right? But he was very even and blasé. Yeah. I mean, Kieran does yeah. assure he was not followed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course. So that must mean that he was definitely not followed. Yeah. This guy asks if this is about the Earth visitors. And Kieran's like, yeah, they want to meet. He's rubbing his temple a lot in this, I noticed. Oh, I hadn't noticed. Yeah. Interesting. And I was like, oh, what's that about? Hmm. The resistance guy is reluctant, obviously, because he doesn't know they're not going to just rat them out to the government for an aquadria. <laughs> Kieran's like, I don't think they'll do that because I trust Jonas. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Well, that's good. Yeah. Back in the Kaluna conference room. Jonas is escorted in for a little one-on-one meeting with the prime minister. I noticed that the person that escorted him in, when she left, she backed out and grabbed the doors by the edges. So there was double doors and she grabbed them by the edges to close them. And I was really just waiting for her to pinch her fingers. I thought that was a weird way to close the doors instead of grabbing them by the handles. But if she pinched them, we didn't get to see. (laughs) Vallis. Says he wanted to talk to Jonas outside of the negotiations. And it is very upsetting to him to see Jonas on the other side of the table instead of on his side of the table where he should be representing his own country. Jonas says it's difficult for him too, but he's pretty sure he made the right choice with what he's done in the past. Phallus just basically continues to try to butter up Jonas. He clearly wants something here. He's talking about how... Jonas was so promising and so smart, and they had such high hopes for him. Maybe there's a way that they can get him back in everyone's good graces if Jonas is willing to do what Vallis wants. Because the other two planets are for sure going to destroy Kelona if Jonas just lets that happen. So Jonas doesn't want that, right? You can get in our good graces again, and you can save us. Just think of how great that'll be. All he has to do is keep a little closer eye on Dr. Kieran. Kieran's not been really acting quite right. He's been different since Jonas left, and things are just a little strange over there. So maybe spy on him a little bit. That's all. Just spy on your friend. Everything's fine. Just spy on your friend and report back to me, and it will be fine. 
Jonas seemed a little bit unconvinced when Valis ended his argument with, Jonas, it's time for you to come home. Yeah. Yeah. Sure it is. Yeah. Jonas goes to see Dr. Kieran, who is talking to himself about how tired he is, which I totally hear you, man. Right? Seriously. I tell myself I'm tired all the time out loud. I literally wrote in my notes, welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> when he was talk- complaining about how he's got headaches and his mind wanders. I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm that. It me. Yeah. <laughs> Jonas tells him he's been under a lot of strain. And Kieran's like, I can't concentrate. I've got headaches. My mind is wandering. Jonas is like, it's going to be okay. It'll be over soon. He says that SG-1 can help, so he should go take them to see the resistance. Kieran's like, I don't know if I trust them, but he does trust Jonas Quinn, so Jonas is like, it's cool. Don't worry. It's all going to be fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. In the conference room again, Kelona conference room, not SGC conference room. <laughs> they are meeting again. I noticed that Hale is wearing the exact same outfit as the day before, right down to the weird diamond-shaped brooch thing that he had instead oh. of a tie, <laughs> which just seemed weird to that. me because Draylock had a different outfit on. SGC is always dressed the same because that's their uniform. But I was wondering if maybe this guy, like, is that his weird-ass uniform? Maybe. maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, they, of course, continue to go back and forth about how Kelona just wants defensive technology. What could possibly go wrong? They're not going to attack anyone with it. They're just going to use it to defend themselves. And, you know, maybe some of those missiles that can prevent attacks. SG-1 is like, yeah, but what about when you use those missiles to attack the ships (laughs) in their home ports in the other countries? You know, it's a very fine line between defense and offense. And they have a very good point. Someone comes in and interrupts the negotiations and asks to speak to the prime minister briefly. So SG-1 talks among themselves. Jack basically is saying that this whole thing is continuing to be completely pointless and asks Jonas if he's talked to the professor. And Jonas says that he hasn't seen him today, even though we just saw them together in the last scene. So what's that all about? Weird. Hmm. Valis comes back and says that the Tyranians are massing their troops on Kelona's northern border. That does seem rather like a bad sign. Yeah. But they haven't broken diplomatic relations yet, so gotta wait and see, I guess. Sam offers to help with diplomatic negotiations not her not personally but to have stargate (laughs) command send over their diplomatic team to try to help work things out and valis is like "Mm, no (laughs) because they'd have to reveal the existence of the stargate and sam's like well would that be so bad and that seemed so incredibly (laughs) hypocritical i was really surprised that she said that (laughs) (laughs) and valis even points that out he's like um so you know it would be as beneficial to us as it was to you and you did that on your planet right <laughs> that's it was just weird <laughs> in dr kieran's lab jonas quinn comes to visit again says yeah it's me kieran lets jonas in and asks if there's anything wrong and kieran says that 
Thomas, lead another scientist working on the Nequadria project, got transferred. We met him before. He was there during the accident. Yeah. He was transferred overnight. Just like that. They cleared his office Mm. and they won't tell anyone where he is. Kieran says he was a member of the resistance that he recruited and he's now concerned he's going to get arrested. Oh, Sam was there too? Oh, the whole team was there. Sorry. I'm fine. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing great. Kieran says that Thomas is not the first scientist to disappear. Dr. Silas disappeared a month ago. The government claimed he was transferred, but no one has seen or heard from him. And now Kieran is the only one left. Jack's like, cool, we gotta go. (laughs) These negotiations are going nowhere. You're not helpful. And it sounds like you're all screwed. But Kieran's like, no, we just need two more days and we're going to uh, take over. He says that they're ready to take over every major government building except for the one they're currently in because it's very heavily guarded because the Stargate is there. <laughs> is so, it as well guarded as that resistance building? Maybe. <laughs> but so maybe then uh, the SGC sends military through to help with the <laughs> coup. <laughs> Jack's like, What could go no. wrong with that plan? No. <laughs> <laughs> That seems like a little bit of a step too far yeah. for them to actually pull a coup in a different country. Unless they were the NID and then it would be fine. Yeah. Jack's like, well, we're going. But then Karen's like, yeah. wait, I've been smuggling Nequadria into the resistance and we've got a huge stockpile. <laughs> if you help us, we'll give it to you. Let's yeah. set up that meeting. It's great. Yeah. Down in some kind of warehousey area. Kieran is walking around and Jonas comes up on him and lets him know that Kieran's being followed. You're being followed. This way. And it was just such a It was very bizarrely robotic stiff and yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> very weird. Jonas wants Kieran to take him to the resistance headquarters, which Kieran says he will do, but then a guy comes up behind them. And they have a, a very brief exchange of gunfire. When Jonas turns to follow Kieran up a staircase, we see that there is a bright red light on the butt of his gun. So does that mean that Jonas only gets an intar? <laughs> Maybe. I didn't notice that. <laughs> there was another shot of it, too, where you could see that his gun definitely had a bright red light on it. <laughs> so only intars for Jonas. I wonder if he even knows that he's got an intar. They run around through buildings and various other places, and the guy keeps following them and keeps shooting at them. Eventually, Jonas shoots the guy who falls to the ground, but if there's one thing that we've learned from Krogan, it's that it hurts to get hit by an intar, so that probably would (laughs) knock you down. So that doesn't mean that this was an actual gun just because the guy fell over. As all this is happening, Kieran is trying to duck and get away from the bullets that are flying. He falls off the platform on the staircase. It's basically like a scaffolding kind of thing. He's hanging there. Jonas tries to pull him back up, but does not manage to catch him before Kieran loses his grip and falls many, many feet down to the ground and lands pretty hard. Yeah. Once Kieran is lying unconscious on the ground, the camera pans back up to where he fell from and there's nobody there anymore. Hmm. Hmm. Next thing 
we see is that Kieran has been brought to the SGC and is under the care of Dr. Fraser. Hammond comes to ask her his condition. <laughs> I'm glad that you thought this was weird, too. She's like, well, he has a severe fracture to his left tibia, but the problem is the blunt trauma to the head. <laughs> Just kind of burying the lead yeah. to talk about the broken leg first. That was weird, Dr. Fraser. Right? Yeah. So weird. <laughs> His leg's broken. Oh, but also yeah. he might die because of the blunt head trauma. <laughs> Hammond wants to know if they know how this happened to him. And Dr. Fraser says that the Colonians told them they found him lying on a deserted street and no one knows how he got there. Jonas was able to convince the Colonians that he would get better care on Earth. See, they do need the antibiotics. Right? And Hammond tells Fraser to keep him posted. In the SGC briefing room, <laughs> SG1 and Hammond are meeting. And basically, SG1 is just giving Hammond an update that they are making no progress at all. They do talk about Kieran's promise of a resistance that nobody has been able to actually verify exists or been able to meet or, you know, just to see and make sure they're not super sketchy. They are debating whether or not they should even bother to continue a negotiation since they don't seem to be accomplishing anything. Jonas, though, says that if they terminate the negotiations now, then they're basically going to give Kelona no choice but to do a preemptive first strike with the Nequadria bomb. I don't agree, but that's the <laughs> argument made here. And Jack's like, well, they're going to use that bomb sooner or later, so... We can't give them what they want. Why bother even trying here? And Jonas is again like, what about that resistance though? Maybe we try harder to find them. They don't know where that resistance is housed though, since Kieran never took them there. But then Sam remembers that Kieran talked about smuggling the quadria there. And if there is an quadria there, that means that Sam is able to track it and find where it is. The team heads back to Kelowna and back to the scene of the crime. The scene of the fall where yeah. they found Dr. Kieran. She's got some kind of device that is tracking Nequadria and she leads them this way. In the infirmary, oh, I guess it wasn't all of SG1 in the last one. Or it was oh, it. Yeah, anyway, oh no, enough. maybe it wasn't. Ooh. Anyway. Oh. oh. In the infirmary, Jonas is sitting with D Kieran when he wakes up. He's wearing a black jacket, but in the last scene, everyone was wearing green jackets. So does that mean that he missed the morning phone call? Actually, not everyone was wearing green jackets. Jack was wearing green. Sam and Jonas were wearing blue. I actually made note of Sam it. Jonas wasn't in the last scene. In the oh, I mean, I meant in the briefing room. Sorry, I was I went too oh. far back. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I was like, well, he's yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went back and checked the very last scene and they were all gotcha. wearing green. Yeah, and they are not coordinated in the briefing room yeah. scene, though. What are they doing? Yeah. Oh, I guess we missed a scene. There was a very brief scene in the downtown area where they were looking for the Nequadria and they were all wearing green. Ah, okay. I didn't check the colors on that yeah. one either. Anyway. I did. I did. Anyway, <laughs> Jonas is telling <laughs> Kieran he's safe. Kieran's like, we need to help the resistance. 
Jonas is like, it's all going fine. We're about to make contact. It's going to be great. We're going to stop them from using the Quadria bomb. Kieran's like, I never meant for this to happen. We were scientists. We thought we were pursuing knowledge. We didn't know what we were creating. I don't think that's true. I mean, obviously right? the scale yeah. of it, but they for sure knew they were creating weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. How <laughs> do? How could you possibly not yeah. know that? Jonas tells him it's not his fault. And then Hammond comes into the infirmary to talk to Dr. Frazier. I liked that behind Frazier, there was just a shit ton of x-rays up on one of those light box types of boards. Ah. And none of them seemed to have any sort of labeling oh. on them at all. <laughs> It was pretty obvious, at least for a couple of them, it was pretty obvious that they were a skull, but it didn't like label who the patient was, and it didn't say what the things were, and I'm really starting to think Frasier might not be good at her job, because labeling is pretty important. Maybe she displays things on that one as art. Oh, maybe. maybe that's yeah. her art I didn't think wall. of that. Yeah. <laughs> her like, art these are, x-rays. These are my most interesting x-rays. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And in that case, she doesn't have them labeled for patient anonymity. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Okay. Yep. 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 She has Dr. Kieran's PET scans, which do not show injury from the fall, but... Apparently, he is suffering from schizophrenia. Nah, not great. Hammond's like, he's a top scientist on their planet. So he seems a little incredulous about this. And Dr. Frazier's like, I don't know. This is very rare for somebody over 35. I just thought that it was very weird that Hammond specifically said, Kieran's one of Colonna's leading scientists. He's the head of the most top secret program. I know, I can't explain it. Having schizophrenia and being a scientist are not necessarily mutually exclusive. (laughs) I just thought it was very bizarre. And I literally laughed out loud when she said that. Yeah. They're basically like, there's no way you could have had this for 20 years and no one noticed. Because the symptoms Frasier lists are paranoia, delusions, and possibly even full-blown hallucinations. I actually did look up to see the incidence of late onset yeah. schizophrenia because it does usually set in in the early 20s. And you know, as they said here, maybe up to age 35, generally like late teens, early 20s. But late onset is classified as after 45. And according to, I actually found this in a journal called Current Opinions in Psychiatry written by someone named Maglione et al. And their assertion was that up to 20% of cases of schizophrenia are late onset. So to act like it's not possible for him to have gotten schizophrenia later in life was not accurate. Gotcha. Yeah. You're welcome. If anyone cares. Also, I I checked and 0.32% of people in the world have schizophrenia, according to the World Health Organization. Okay. Because I was also curious about that. Meanwhile, Kieran is still talking to Jonas, talking about the horrifying experience of testing that bomb. Did he really even see that bomb, or was that also a hallucination? They definitely have a bomb they can do, so they must have tested it, and it doesn't seem like there's Mm -hmm. any reason Kieran wouldn't have been there for that. Fair. So that part I was like, I'm not going to question this. 
Yeah. Then we get a view of Kieran from a camera. And we cannot see Jonas displayed. So even though he's talking to Kieran, he's not really there. Hmm. And I wrote, is the resistance even real? Right. That's a good question. (laughs) In the next scene, Hale and Vallis are talking to each other about the Tyranian forces and their inconvenient location at the northern border and what to do about that when Jonas comes in and he's wearing green now, just like everyone else. (laughs) So maybe this is the real Jonas. But I was still wondering, does he have an intar or a real gun? (laughs) We don't find out because we don't get to see it. Jonas wants to talk to them, yeah. is the moral of this story. Across town somewhere, SG three quarters, Sam, Tilk, and Jack are looking for the resistance building. They find a big abandoned warehouse that is not so much well-guarded, even worse well-guarded than I commented <laughs> on before, and not so full of resistance people in that it is completely empty and like whatever boxes and random crap is there is all covered and there's cobwebs and it does not look like anyone has been there recently. Except that Sam does find a crate full of Nequadria, or at least it's full of little tin boxes that may or may not have Nequadria in them. But Sam is getting a reading from it, so there's at least some Nequadria in there. Back in the... Kelowna conference room they're still talking about their plans with Jonas Commander Hale is saying that they don't have a choice if Earth isn't going to do anything for them Jonas is trying his best to convince them that this is not the way to go that there are worse things in the universe than this fight on their planet and They could potentially all come to Kelowna or whatever planet this is, whatever you call it. We never know. (laughs) P2S 4C3. P2S 4C3. P2S 4C3. When my thoughts escaping. P2S 4C3. When my music's playing. P2S 4C3. When my love lies waiting silently for. But somehow the system lords could go there and kill them all or enslave them. And Valis is like, they haven't been here for a thousand years. It's fine. Oh, yeah. They'll totally never come back. We've never seen that before. No. But Jonas is like, but we just found a shit ton of Nequadria. And they love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Literally in their blood, the Nequadria. And if we keep using it, they're going to notice and they're going to come. Jack comes in and tells Jonas they are leaving. Jonas goes over to have a little sidebar with Jack. Jack lets them know that Sam and Teal are already back at the SGC and that there is no resistance. It was all in Kieran's head. Yikes. He lets Jonas know that Kieran is schizophrenic and that it may be a side effect of the research they've been doing on the Nequadria. And that also yikes. Yeah, it's time to leave. Jonas turns back to the Colonians. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jonas turns back to the Colonians to ask where the other scientists went. 
Valis and Hale just kind of look at each other like, eh, answer this question. <laughs> Finally, Valis is like, they're in a government mental facility. And Jonas is Oops. angry. He's like, you knew that the Nequadria was doing this. And he's like, no, we suspected. Until we had two cases on our hands. <laughs> and they needed to keep it quiet because they didn't want to alarm the other scientists who are doing important Nequadria research. Ew, you suck, guys. And Jonas looks yep. just heartbroken at this. Yep. That's so shitty and also so very sad for Jonas. Yeah. In the briefing room, Fraser is there with the rest of the team, SG-1 and Hammond, saying that it is a unique form of brain damage resulting from long-term exposure to Nequadria radiation. Sam's been looking at the specs for the Kalonan bomb, and there's no shielding on it at all. So basically, they've been exposed to a bunch of radiation. Neat. How did none of them die as tragically as Daniel did or as rapidly as Daniel? Yeah, I don't know. If they don't have proper shielding, I guess maybe because they didn't actually touch it and he did, yeah. barehanded at least. Yeah. I don't know. Seemed a little weird, but whatever. Frazier says she tested Jonas to see if he was affected and that he tested negative via whatever test <laughs> she did. Were PET scans? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Probably? Maybe? I did a quick search for how schizophrenia is diagnosed, and it's based off of symptoms and blood tests and MRIs. And oh, okay. What not? What not? So, I mean, the question then becomes, is this actually schizophrenia, or is it just schizophrenia-like? And could they test it the same way? My impression is that it is schizophrenia-like. Okay. So, I think that that's the argument that they're trying to use, is that he, Kieran, didn't have it the whole time. So that's how he was able to get such a high up position. And then he only acquired the symptoms as a result of the exposure to the Nequadria, but that it's not actually schizophrenia. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Super neat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But long story short, there's no way to reverse the damage. So there's no hope for Kieran. They might be able to give him some medications, though, that will keep him from getting significantly worse than he already is, but it seems like he's already pretty bad. Sam says she'd sent one last message to the Kilonans to tell them about the risk of this total lack of shielding and offering to help them upgrade the facilities to reduce the risk to their scientists of doing this work, but they have gotten no response. So the Kilonan government continues to be super shitty fucking ghosting people now god right in the infirmary jonas goes to see kieran it's actually jonas this time not fake jonas jonas lets him know they're taking him to a different facility better equipped to deal with his condition kieran then starts talking about the coup the resistance leader is keeping him informed and kieran looks up at the observation area and the guy from Kelowna in the fake resistance is up there. Jonas does not see him, of course. He's <laughs> like, they're going to take power. They're going to dismantle the bomb and shut down the Nequadria project. And Jonas is like, that's good. They couldn't have done it without you. 
you save the world. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) this is so sad. (laughs) And that's basically how the episode ends. Yeah. On that happy note, did you like the episode? I thought it was interesting, but I really, I completely forgot about this left turn into his mentor is mentally ill and having delusions. And it was so sad. Yeah. So, like, I was expecting, like, an exciting resistance story slash war mm. thing, and then we get, oh, my God, the government's yeah. horrible, and this guy's life has been destroyed. <laughs> so, it was very much a bummer. Yeah, it was a bit of a bummer, yeah. Makes it hard to enjoy, but I thought it was well done, and the yeah. story was interesting. To say I liked it is hard. Um, Yeah. What about you? (laughs) Overall, I actually did like it. I thought it was an interesting storyline. It was pretty obvious to me that there was something weird going on with Jonas. I didn't remember this being like a mental health thing. So I was thinking that maybe someone was posing as Jonas or something. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't think that Jonas was actually following the guy, he was definitely acting really weird, especially with that robotic delivery. But I didn't remember it being that it was just that Jonas was a hallucination. Yeah. But, you know, it was an interesting, yeah, interesting storyline. I thought I did enjoy it overall. I thought it was pretty good pacing on like last episode, which <laughs> felt like a slog to me, even though you enjoyed it, weirdo. Yeah, I am a weirdo. <laughs> you are right. Yep. I don't know. Do I have much else to say? Not that I can think of. Yeah. I'll probably think of something else to say like as soon as we stop recording because that happens all the time. And... Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Or when we're listening back, working on editing, I'm like, oh. Yeah, exactly. Nah. When I'm editing, I'm like, oh, next time I'll say this. And then I'm like, wait, there isn't a next time because we're done with this <laughs> episode. We're moving on to the next one. <laughs> this isn't like my classes where I'm like, all oh, right, I have another section where I can teach the same topic and I uh, can do it a little differently next time doesn't work that way here. <laughs> we can relaunch the podcast as mirror universe versions of ourselves and just Ooh, do it can. all again. Yeah, what could go wrong with that? I definitely Nothing have wrong. the time to deal with that. Yep. I'm sure you do too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's next? The other guys, which is season six, episode eight. Two bumbling scientists working on an off-world research project witness SG-1 captured in a gold raid and defying orders attempt to rescue them. Little do they know that SG-1 staged the capture in order to infiltrate the gold and make contact with a Tok'ra informant. Hmm. According to the TVDB, when SG-1 is captured by the gold, a pair of scientists mount a rescue operation whether they're wanted or not. (laughs) I definitely remember this episode, and it's definitely not going to be heavy the way that (laughs) the last two episodes have been. (laughs) Yes, agree. It will be nice to have another bit of a lighter episode. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast if you would review us. That would also be awesome. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do so on our website, stargazing.space. Wow. 
I'm fine. I like I've on that. forgotten our website many times, and I don't know why or how because it's quite simple. But here we are. Yeah, and you can leave us messages there. You can also contact us at stargazing at gmail dot com. You can follow us on some social media. Instagram at Stargazing and Mastodon is at Stargazing at Mastodon.world. Is there anything else? Is that all the things? Uh, Patreon? Oh, yeah. And if you are feeling generous. Money, and- please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get this. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, and I, I'm so stubborn. I'm like, don't worry. I'm not going to write it down. Um, <laughs> If you would like to help support us in this adventure, please head on over to patreon.com slash stargazing. And, yes. oh, and tell all your friends about us because, again, you get to talk about us to your friends and family then. And there's nothing Ooh. I love more than people talking about me. <laughs> Behind your back. Behind my back, exactly. <laughs> Good times. Who yeah. doesn't love that? <laughs> yep yep i'm kathy and mary and this nope and you have been listening to stargazing <laughs> the end the end yeah Woo. i should go finish editing the other episode and i was still going to use the same silly title yes we came up with the other night that has nothing to do with the episode i can't remember what it was but i'm all in it was you'd rather drink pilsners than look at people's feet or something oh, like that yeah, i forgot about that <laughs> yes I, re- I had you write it down or i wrote it down it is written down in my notes to self i'd rather drink pilsner than look at people's feet that's right i forgot about that <laughs> yep yep that we randomly said would be a good episode title, and then we're like, but we're not recording, so it'll make no sense. <laughs> and we used it anyway. That's perfect. <laughs>